super, super excited about tonight. Welcome back to Fear Factor. Everybody say Fear Factor. Now, last week, we talked about real fear, and we discovered that everybody in the place had some real fears, and they were there for some legitimate reasons. We talked about things like spiders and snakes and bugs in general, and some of you guys were afraid of dying or relatives dying, close relatives dying, all these different things. But one thing I don't think anybody really mentioned, and that is the fear that I would have. If you were to ask me, okay, P.S., what is your number one fear? And I have a few fears, but my number one fear would be this, that I would bring reproach and shame on the name of Jesus Christ. That would be my number one fear because I, I love him, like, so much. I love Jesus with all my heart. And I'm afraid sometimes that even though I say that I love him with all my heart, all my heart is not always loving him, and I never want to bring shame or reproach on him. So that's one of my greatest fears. I love what Charles Finney said, and you kind of have to follow along a bit. It's a little old English, but let me read this about what I just said. He basically is saying the same thing. A fear to offend and displease, displease God, proceeding from love to him, the fear of love and veneration such as an affectionate children have for their beloved parents. That state of mind which good children have towards parents whom they greatly love and venerate is which they cleave affectionately to obedience and cannot endure the thought of offending and bring upon themselves merited displeasure. You know how keenly good children feel the frown of a kind parent. If a cloud gathers upon his countenance, they are agonized, they cannot bear the sight and must inquire beseechingly, Dear Father, are you displeased with us? They have the greatest dread of the displeasure of their parents. So the child of God fears to offend his heavenly father. I love this. To know that he is displeased is the greatest torment, and he fears above all things to sin against him. So he basically said what I just said, which is to bring reproach in the name of Christ. That is my greatest fear. Now, there are some funny fears out there, aren't there? And we talked about some fears, and some of the bug fears that you guys had were kind of funny, but I went online and found some really funny fears, and all of these have some very long uh, complicated names, and I'm not going to try to pronounce them because I would be butchering them, so you can just kind of pronounce them in your head, and we'll just look at the definition of it. So here's fear number one that I looked at. It's the fear of washing or bathing. <laughs> Anybody got that in here? No. You can find out really quickly if your neighbor does by just smelling them for a second, and then maybe they do. That'll be one way of finding that out. The next fear would be a fear of staying single. Now that is a legitimate fear, right? Hopefully nobody has that in here. Another fear would be the fear of body smells. Hey, I don't like body smells. I'm not afraid of them, but, you know, have you been next to some? Anyway, we won't go there. Okay. So next one would be the fear of ugliness. <laughs> that, that's really sad. And, uh, yeah. Next fear would be the fear of mirrors, which I guess those two fears kind of go hand in hand. But anyway, um, another fear would be the fear of church. <laughs> Apparently, that is a deal, and that is a fear. So the fear of church, then you have the fear of hell, which that one I actually understand, so now you know the actual term for it, uh, hadyphobia. And then another one would be uh, the fear of belly buttons. And what do you want to do when you see that? I want to sing a VeggieTales song, right? You guys know the song, I don't have no belly button? No, okay, no, it's just me. And lastly, another fear is the fear of the Pope. I guess if you're Catholic, that would be a good fear to have, or maybe not. There's a lot of fears out there, and we talked about some of them again last week. And then we talked about, okay, how do we actually get fears in our lives? 
And we gave you three different reasons on how we get fears, and then we told you how to overcome it, which is obviously with the help of God, but also facing them and coming face-to-face with them. We describe fear as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause us pain or is a threat. What I would like to do tonight is to not talk about real fear. That was part one, but tonight part two is going to be perceived fear or things that you imagine that you kind of counter up in your, in your brain. Perceived fear. I want to read this to you. Um, it's on the PowerPoint, I think on your hand as well. Fear is a feeling induced by perceived danger, which causes a change in metabolic and organ function and ultimately a change in behavior, such as fleeing, hiding, or freezing from perceived traumatic events. In other words, when we have perceived fear, sometimes we don't react logically towards that fear. Actually, no t- in no time we do, we just kind of react out of our emotions and just do something that's sometimes totally stupid and totally silly. Have you ever done that? You perceived something to be fearful and, th- fearful and then all of a sudden you acted in a certain way and afterwards you're like, I just look like an idiot because there was no fear whatsoever. Like, for example, you're sitting at home and you're staring at that wonderful screen that we know as TV or now iPad, whatever it is, and you're watching a movie, and that movie is a little scary. Maybe it's, you know, Independence Day, if you ever watched the first one. That was when I was a teenager. That's kind of sad when you go that far back. But I remember there was a scene in it where there was an alien that literally just jumped at you, and you, if you watched it, you, know, you kind of just jerked with it. We all know it's not going to come out of there, right? I mean, it's not like that it's going to attack you or anything, yet we watch it and we perceive something to be dangerous and we're acting accordingly. I mean, you watch a horror movie and, and every time something happens, you're like, don't, don't go in there. And you're just kind of in the movie and it's all perceived fear. It's really nothing is going to happen. I mean, seriously, is somebody going to come out of the TV while you're watching in your living room? That's not going to happen, right? Or is it going to happen? Okay, I got to say, I'm a little twisted. I like these kind of things. It makes me laugh. I would probably be like the last guy running around falling while I'm running. 
Um, but it was all a perceived fear. There wasn't really anything that was dangerous, but they perceived it to be dangerous, and therefore their reaction was obviously priceless, and we get a good laugh out of it. So perceived fear is always there, and uh, we need to be kind of really uh, careful about this. Um, you know, growing up, I, I absolutely loved scaring people. As a matter of fact, um, I still kind of like scaring people. But that one specific night, it was my sister and I. Um, I have an older sister and a younger brother. And uh, we were, it was at night, and it was dark, and my sister was in the bathroom. And um, we just, you know, she was there, and I figured, you know what? Tonight is a good night to scare my sister. So I had figured out a couple of days earlier that you can do a lot with a flashlight. And uh, so I had figured out that if you have a really bright flashlight and you kind of put it on your mouth and put your mouth over the flashlight, your face looks really creepy because all of a sudden you have, you know, red stuff kind of shining and everything. And then when you add just kind of like, oh, or something like that to it, it works really well. So I did that to my sister. It was awesome. She screamed, ran away. So I like scaring people. I, I think it's kind of fun to do that. How about you guys? Yeah. yeah. All right. How many of you guys have ever scared your siblings before? If not, you should try it. It's awesome. Anyway, um, that is not what you should be getting out of tonight's message. But again, it was perceived fear on her end. She perceived it to be dangerous, which obviously it was not. I always laugh at people when they tell me, you know what, media doesn't affect me. Because, you know, I'm like, yeah, it totally does. Because if you are like me, you have watched some stuff that has totally affected you and has affected you to the point where you are almost fearful of that specific thing. I told you last week that I, I had this thing when I was growing up that I watched a movie that made me just scared about spiders. I absolutely hated spiders for the longest time because I watched a movie that was going on. Yeah, by the way, you probably see our little visitors here up on the stage. We got some uh, snakes and spiders, and uh, I could open this if you guys want to so I can come out and kind of say hello really quick. Um, you want to come out? It is not moving. <gasps> I'm just kidding. Um, okay. Um, so I want to I talk about spiders for a second because it, it just scared me. I want to show you how perceived fear in my life totally changed everything in my life. You know, spiders are interesting. They come in big sizes, they come in small sizes, and they're really everywhere. And sometimes you don't even know that they're there. They're just there and you can't even see them because they're so tiny. There's one thing that one spider called the black widow and it's up there on the, on the screen for you guys. And uh, the black widow actually eats her mate. So the girl eats the guy. Yes, what? That's just wrong. And, uh, and again, it's, it's venomous, so it's very dangerous. Uh, not a good spider to be around. It's not around here, so you guys are all safe. It's all good. There's another spider called the jumping spider. And uh, isn't it amazing what God created? There's like 30,000 species of spiders out there. And that, that looked almost Photoshop, right? It doesn't even look real. I don't know what I would do if I had like four eyes staring at me. That's just kind of creepy. Um, so, yeah, so that's the, that's the jumping spider. And the jumping spider can, can bite you. And, uh, it, you know, it gets a little itchy and red. As a matter of fact, at Marvel, we had our guest speaker who stopped over in Kentucky, and somehow he got bit by a spider, and Miss Jeanette, our nurse, had to kind of treat him because he had like a couple of bites, and they were like totally swelling up. It was, maybe it was a jumping spider, I don't know. Hopefully we have none like that in here tonight. And they usually last, those swellings, about one to four days. And there's another one, it's called a wolf spider. And uh, that's that one right there, a little hairy, a little weird looking. They're only in California, so don't move there. Um, but they're kind of aggressive, and they're, they're pretty pretty big. Now here's a statement. Spiders have always been with us. They are an ancient source of fear and fascination. They are abundant and widespread and are natural controllers of insect population. And here's the creepy part. Wherever you live, you're always close to a spider. <laughs> 
that's not cool. You see, again, there's about 30,000 species of spiders. And uh, spiders are interesting. The fear of spiders is called arachnophobia. Do you guys know that? Coming back to my movie that I watched, it was actually called Arachnophobia. So it was obviously a movie on spiders. I want to kind of tell you guys the story because it just scarred me for a long, long time. So the story is the movie starts and they're on this expedition. They're going to the jungle somewhere like in the Amazon or something. I don't know where they really were. But they were doing some stuff and trying to find some stuff. And at night they were at the fire and then everybody went to bed. And all of a sudden you had um, one of the guys that got bit by a spider. And he didn't know he was bit, nor did anybody else really know how he got bit or what was really happening. And over the next couple of hours and days he got worse and worse till he finally died. And they never knew really what happened. They just knew something happened and he died. So they built a coffin for him and they send the coffin back to the U.S. Unbeknownst to them, the spider that had bit him before kind of jumped into the coffin, so it was shipped back to America and then right into the hometown of our main character. What happens next is that spider walks out of the you know, um, uh, room that it was in and the coffin that it was in, and it goes into the basement of the main character. Again, he doesn't have a clue of what's going on. And not just does it now live in the basement. No, it finds itself a mate. And it's like a house spider or something that it mates with. And then all of a sudden, you have all these little spiders that are even more venomous than the original one. And so you see people eating popcorn, and there's like a spider in it. And you just want to yell at them. There's a spider in there. They stuff it in their mouth. And then the next moment, they're dead, and the spider comes back out of their nose. I mean, it's like the whole entire movie is just, you know, people dying. And it's just, it's just you're watching this, and you're like, I hate spiders. I hate spiders. I hate spiders. Then finally, the conclusion of the movie, he figures out everything is in his basement. He goes down into his basement, and then he realizes there is all these little spiders everywhere. They're crawling towards him. And then he sees that big spider, kind of like, uh, maybe not quite this size, but this one, this one is not real, so it's all good. Um, I wouldn't touch a spider <laughs> like this. Um, but like this, and, and it's kind of like at the wall, and they have to stand up like they would have in a Western, you know, like he's like there, and the spider's staring at him. He's standing at the spider, and he looks around, and he sees a nail gun. He grabs the nail gun. That's going to be his weapon of choice. And the spider goes and, and looks at him, and then the next thing you see is that spider looking at the guy, the guy looking at the spider, the nail gun ready, and bam, the whole thing just kind of falls in, and oh my gosh, what just happened? The spider jumps at him, he pulls the nail gun, and the movie is kind of over. Um, so that's kind of it. Sorry if I scared you. Um, so um, that was arachnophobia. And the problem with that movie was that I, um, I, I just, I was scarred for a long time. Every spider that I saw after that, it was like, you were dead and there's no mercy. I mean, it was like stomping on it, killing it. And I had a perceived fear in my life that, that spiders were dangerous and they wanted to come out to get me. We're not going to drop them again so you can whew, relax. It's not coming back down. Um, unless they kind of drop it on accident. I don't know. But no, they, they shouldn't. It's all good. Um, yeah, I know, James is like, ooh. <laughs> so I had a perceived fear of spiders that literally changed my behavior and the way that I reacted around any spider. It didn't, know, it didn't matter whether the spider was good or bad. I just, I hated spiders and I killed them, every one of them. Till finally I figured out, you know what? This is kind of dumb. I'm letting my emotions control me. I'm letting my fear, my perceived fear of something control me. And I had to do something about it. And, and I started looking at it from a logical point of view. Looking at, okay. That was a movie. <laughs> that was not reality. And now my emotions are all kind of wacky because of this. And so I am having an emotional response to fear that's not real. 
And once I talked myself through this logically, I realized, okay, you know what? I do not have to kill every spider. Spiders are okay. They're actually very helpful. Um, and, and that was good. Now, again, I lived in Germany at that time. So for me, um, and if you ever move to Germany, um, there are all kinds of spiders, and there's many spiders that are pretty big. You have spiders in the house that are about this size all the time. They're hairy, and they can literally kind of walk over your face in the middle of the night. So it really was not a fun time. So again, do not watch the movie. It's probably really old and not even scary anymore. But when I was a kid, it was a scary movie, and it really scarred me so for life. So here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Perceived fear, when not dealt with, can paralyze and immobilize you. When you don't watch it, if you have some perceived fear, it can literally stop you, and it can stop you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. So what do you do when fear paralyzes you and when it immobilizes you, when you have perceived or imaginary fears? You should deal with it. So how do you deal with it? Well, how about we deal with some fears right now? How about we put on another Fear Factor show right now here at 597, like we did last week, and we deal with some perceived fears. Now, if you want to be part of this one, you got to have... What do you have to have? It is, it is not an easy one. We had people fail in junior high. They couldn't do it. So um, we're going to pick two guys and two girls. Is she still alive? Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. As a matter of fact, I think we should let her out for a second before we do this. So um, I think we should give this to Miss Jeanette because I think she can totally handle this. Actually, Shen is better. Oh, okay. All right, I'll, I'll give this to Miss Jeanette. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Jeanette. No fear. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not think it was real? Oh, yeah. It was, it's real, all right. So you are welcome to touch the snake later on. It is actually Miss Jeanette's snake. It is hers, and it's a python, so have fun touching it. All right, let me close out this, uh, this sermon really quick. As you guys saw, we had the, obviously kind of the quote behind it. Perceived fear when not dealt with can paralyze and immobilize you. And the whole idea, guys, we're going to have to wait for those snake people back there to be uh, back with us. Go ahead and sit down, Dalton. And Aaron, you can go ahead and start playing wherever you are. Aaron? Leo? <laughs> He's like, oh, forgot. <laughs> he was mesmerized by the snake. That's what happens. Ask Mowgli, he will tell you. All right, that just went over everybody. I thought. Um, <laughs> all right, so everybody, come on back to me. Dalton, Dalton, please sit down. Go ahead and close the door. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and close this out. Perceived fear, when not dealt with, can paralyze and immobilize you. And you just saw this demonstrated right here. They did not know what was going on, and they had a perceived fear because they were imagining all kinds of stuff. And you heard some of the guesses that they had. And because of them imagining these things, it literally paralyzed some of them to go and dig a little bit deeper and really figure it out. Nothing was scary, right? None of this is scary when you know what it is. But it is scary when you, when you don't know what it is. The unknown is really, really scary. Overcoming fear is not easy. As a matter of fact, for most people, um, they just don't do it at all. They just live with their fear. But I want to challenge you guys, if you have perceived fear, imagine fear in your life that you need to overcome it. And some people can. Apparently this um, Zen master, he did. During the civil wars in feudal Japan, an invading army would quickly sweep into the town and take control. 
In one particular village, everyone fled just before the army arrived. Everyone except the Zen master. Curious about this old fellow, the general went to the temple to see for himself what kind of a man this master really was. When he wasn't treated with submissiveness and honor like he was used to, the general burst into anger. You fool, he shouted as he reached to his sword. Don't you realize you're standing before a man who could run you through with a blink without blinking an eye? But despite the threat, the master seemed unmoved. And do you realize, the master replied calmly, that you are standing before a man who can be run through without blinking an eye? Now the brains are thinking and moving. He was blind. That was a joke. Still not hitting you. Okay, never mind. We'll just move on. So it's, it's all good. So we all have some perceived fears. Some of you, you perceive fears about some of your future. You're thinking, man, will I, will I ever make it? Will, will my marriage that I'm going to have in the future make it? Can I, with all the baggage that I have in my life because of all the stuff that's going on in my family, will I really be able to make it? And you have this perceived fear that is literally paralyzing you. And I came to tell you tonight that God can break that in your life. We should not be bound by perceived fear. I came to tell you this. In Proverbs 18, or 23, verse 18, it says this. There surely is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Proverbs 23, verse 18. This is for you. If you have perceived fears about anything in your future, I believe God is saying this to you tonight. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. You guys know the verse in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where it talks about, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, he holds everything in his hands, and he holds your future in his hands. And if you have some things that you're fearful about when it comes to your future, all you have to do is give it to him and say, hey, it's in your hands, it's going to be perfect, because he has a perfect plan for you, always does. We shouldn't fear anything. Well, actually, we should fear one thing, and it says this in Psalm 76, verse 7. You alone are to be feared. What is the psalmist saying? He's saying, God, you are the only one that should be feared. Anything else we shouldn't really fear. We shouldn't have any fear. God is the only one, and we should not fear God. We should fear him, but we should not be afraid. And Pastor Tommy's going to unpack this a little bit next week as we talk about eternal fear, that we should fear him, but not be afraid. I want to leave you with one thought tonight, and that is this. Fear either produces life or death. When you have fear in your life, that's perceived fear and real fear even sometimes, it can produce death because it will paralyze you. But if you have the right kind of fear in your life, the fear, the fear in God, they will produce life in you. Would you guys uh, close your eyes for a second? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just come in this place right now and that you would minister for the next couple of minutes that we have together, that you would deal with our hearts and our fears and that we can give that to you. If you're in this place tonight and you have some fears, imagine fears for the future that is holding you back. You kind of wonder about this all the time. You're anxious. You're worrying about the future and all these different things. And tonight you're saying, hey, P.S., I want to give this to you. I don't want to worry about the future anymore. I want to put my future in his hands tonight. If that's you, would you put your hand up high so I can pray over you? Awesome. Just keep them up. Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these hands raised. I thank you that we can give you everything, that we can put our trust in you, our hope in you, and that you will come through. Right now, I pray for peace to come over all these hands that are raised. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name, amen.